Working Smarter podcast presented by Calabrio. This podcast, just like the software we make at Calabrio, is designed to help you get the most out of the resources that are available to you. This includes both technology resources and, more importantly, human resources. In this series, we will discuss industry trends and best practices, as well as sharing success stories and pain points with some of the most innovative professionals in the industry. Join us as we learn and grow together in order to provide world-class customer service to each and every one of our clients. Welcome back, everyone, to the Working Smarter Podcast presented by Calabrio. As always, I am your host, Brad Snedeker. Today, we continue our series of interviews recorded at the Calabrio Customer Connect Conference, and we are joined by Jim Burdick, who is the Workforce Manager at Priority Health, an insurance provider based out of Michigan. Jim has nearly 10 years of experience in the contact center industry and has a wealth of experience in things like customer experience management management, analytics, continuous improvement, financial planning, you name it, Jim's done it. This particular podcast is going to be a real treat for you workforce management nerds out there. We get really deep into talking about things like overall workforce management strategy, diving into dealing with complex sets of agent skills. Of course, we're going to dive into metrics and we'll walk through what a typical day looks like for an organization like Priority Health. Focusing in things like healthcare and insurance. So it's a really great conversation. There's a lot of great nuggets of wisdom that come out of this conversation. And with that, let's go ahead and jump right in. Joining us in the studio today is uh, Jim Burdick from Priority Health, a uh, great partner for us. Uh, we've, uh, we're pleased to have you here uh, at the Calabrio Conference. This is a series we're doing here live at the, at the conference. So we appreciate having you here, uh, being a part of the conference in particular. Uh, you're actually joining us and delivering a couple of sessions uh, this week. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Brad. I'm really excited to have an opportunity to be a part of my second uh, Calabrio Connect Conference here after joining for the first time last year in Nashville. Great to be here as your guest again in San Antonio. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I love this conference. It's my favorite time of year uh, to see it grow the way that it has, even from last year to this year. Uh, the, the growth has been spectacular. Um, and again, it's it's just a great time to come together and kind of learn from each other and get energized. Absolutely. Thank you for hosting. I always call these conferences almost like a therapy session for people in the customer experience industry. We all have uh, different products and services and customers that we we service, uh, yet we have common problems. So it's an opportunity to find those commonalities and brainstorm different solutions and get best practices. So thank you for hosting this again. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's a great point. Everybody does things a little bit differently. So being able to come together and share best practices and, and learn from each other is great. So to that end, um, you uh, work for Priority Health, uh, which is an insurance company based out of Michigan. Um, but uh, maybe if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, how, how did you come to get started in the contact center industry? Uh, what's your role at Priority Health? Uh, what's your area of focus. So how I got an opportunity to become a part of the contact center industry and really the larger customer experience industry these days is I always had a background in marketing and analytics and financial planning. And that allowed me to really have an opportunity to have my first true leadership experience when I hired in as a senior data analyst into a large retail multi-level marketing company's contact center and uh, 
that year, my boss announced her retirement and I interviewed for her position and the rest is history, as I say. Uh, so I had the opportunity to step into continuous improvement and workflow planning and forecasting role and found myself as the workforce manager along with uh, part HR manager writing a lot of policies and guidelines and procedures that oftentimes ends up becoming a uh, another hat that a workforce and operations manager has to wear because it's an intersection of larger corporate policies and then how do they need to adapt to be more specific to the uniqueness of a contact center so that part of the job description wasn't in there, but I just touch on that because it is a key part of managing change and really having a level playing field that everyone really knows the rules of the road before we start getting in the in the bus and really pick the vehicle that we're going to use, the tool, uh, because that's a key foundation of how we're going to configure that tool. And if we don't have agreement on what those road rules are, it's going to make it a challenging trip. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. So, so you it sounds like you you've worn a lot of hats uh, in 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 the in the, uh, the you know that that realm, which is very common for you know a lot of people. Um, you know, one of the things that's probably less common. Again, we talked about the fact that you're a, an insurance provider. Uh, I've worked with a lot of different you know, verticals, different types of organizations in, in my career. I, I consulted quite a bit with, with organizations and there are some very unique challenges that come in from an insurance perspective. Um, you know, the, the various different skills that people need to get, uh, maybe talk a little bit about that. I know it's a, it's a big challenge in that area. Well, Priority Health is very unique in that we are owned by a large, uh, hospital system that has, 30,000 employees, Spectrum Health in West Michigan and growing out into other areas and other business opportunities. And both of them, Spectrum Health, our parent and Priority Health, are not-for-profit organizations. And our mission is really to demystify healthcare, which is very challenging, and to make it a better consumer experience. Because to me, healthcare is one of the few things you buy, and you may not know the cost of it, or where you can go to buy it um, because you're oftentimes in a very emergency type of situation or it can be very challenging and scary to people. And so our mission being a not-for-profit organization is to really, you know, give as much back to our member insureds as we can while educating them about their benefits and how the insurance industry works. And more importantly, help them live better lives about maintaining their own health and wellness too. So it's preventative maintenance. And I think that's really the benefit of partnering with Spectrum and, and Priority Health that we truly want to be community members in all the areas that we serve. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, you know, you're providing education to your your client base, uh, which requires that we have to have very highly skilled people on the phone. How do how do you manage that from a training perspective, from a knowledge knowledge base perspective? Um, you know, what are some of the kind of keys to the kingdom as far as as far as making sure that your people are, are offering the right information at the right time? Well, that's that is a, a large component to it. So we have a segmented approach where we have uh, very unique uh, product information that is needed for all the different market segments, whether it be government markets of uh, Medicare, Medicaid and affordable care uh, policies 
to commercial group policies to also staffing a group of certified pharma technologists uh, who can speak and uh, talk about different medications and make recommendations of different step therapies. Uh, so all that to say there are a lot of different unique training tracks. There's a lot of different uh, specialization of tasks by trainer. Um, and that can sometimes impact our real-time intraday uh, contingency plans because there's not a lot of overflow, right? There may be some commonality of tasks, but uh, things are so specialized in the training and the systems that uh, uh, different types or cues of CSRs have to have to use. So it can be quite challenging to find what are the common uh, ties or the commonalities in the workflow. Uh, to have those even uh, real-time plays. And so some, some level we're a little limited in that. Um, so you get the benefit of specialization, of lower errors, of better, more personalized experience to that member. Uh, yet you have some business um, optimization and operational inefficiency trade-offs for that. It's the classic diseconomies of scale, economies of scale conversation that the workforce team is, is challenged with and, you know, telling the story of that value. Um, in this first year as the workforce manager, I really had a chance to help reorganize the uh, workforce function while onboarding Calabrio. Uh, so we transitioned from another workforce system to the Calabrio workforce uh, this past May and we've launched scheduling and we're looking at launching some of the automated workflows um, here in the next couple of months. There's again, we talking about this, there's just a lot of moving parts. You've got, you know, your, your, your people that are, are kind of inbound taking tasks, and then you've got your more highly specialized folks. So, and, and you're, and you're transitioning to another, to another platform. So I know one of the, one of the, uh, uh, panels that you're on this week is, is I think you can bring a really unique insight to, uh, and maybe we can talk a little bit about that is the intraday challenges of managing. And you, you, you touched on this a little bit, but the, the real time challenges of making sure that you have all of these pieces that are, you know, necessary, uh, for your, for your clients, uh, to, to come together, it, it's gotta be a real challenge. And what are some of the lessons maybe that you've learned in, in your time, uh, that, that you could share with the, with the, our listeners? So I liken a, a workforce team to being a quarterback on the field, right? We're not, we're not necessarily the coach. Sometimes they're the coach, but, uh, they're the ones calling the plays, but, I like that. The design of the playbook is really dictated by the operational design of how your contact center is organized, right? And that will come from marketing, that will come from sales, that will come from all the services and the stakeholders that a contact center supports. And so sometimes that design limits the plays that the quarterback has, the workforce team has at their disposal to be able to do that. And I think just like how you build a house, you build it with a strong foundation. This past year in servicing uh, 
Priority Health, I've had to help them understand uh, the limitations of our operational design and help them with some different scenarios of, hey, if we could cross train these two teams and find the commonality of tasks, we might not be recognizing it today um, with different call types or skills in our in our ACD and our Cisco skilling. but they're there, believe me, we're just not counting them. So, you know, first, how do you recognize what are, is the type of work that you have? Uh, because those real-time plays are gonna be dictated by how you route and you manage your workflows, right? You have to put your work in different buckets before you can send that different bucket of work to a different person. And so those are the types of the building blocks, right? How you manage your work, what bucket it goes into before you can send it to a different CSR that you have to educate people on. And you might even have to educate your workforce team on a leader before they can, uh, uh, as a leader, inform your workforce team of this and do some training um, and really be that facilitator to start the conversation. And I think that's as the co- as the coach part, I think the as the leader of the workforce team, I oftentimes play the role of the consultative coach uh, saying, guys, my quarterback doesn't have any plays to play if I can build on that analogy. And that's because I need your help changing the rules of the game if we're going to do that. We have to set the stage, set the field differently. And I think that's how we can really drive value as a workforce team of being that internal, uh, not just the traditional scheduling and planning, but internal workflow design consultant, if you will, um, to help people and educate people on those. You know, it's really comes down to operations management, uh, you know, drawing on the larger discipline that workforce management is a part of. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like that analogy because, you know, when I, I, again, I talk to a lot of different organizations and one of the things that I always find in common with organizations that uh, really have a strong focus on intraday management, again, things in common, they have a lot of these moving, moving parts, but they have a very well-defined uh, playbook, if you will, you know, a series of processes that, you know, if X, then Y, if, you know, Y, then Z, you know, and so they're constantly, you know, looking out for these uh, key metrics that are going to tell them that, okay, when this is happening, we need to do this. And, and whether it's, whether it's looking at service level goals or adherence goals or conformance, uh, you know, productivity of an agent, there's a number of uh, kind of key metrics that people are monitoring uh, that help them to decide, you know, what to do when. Are there are there any specific key metrics that that you guys are constantly monitoring that that you feel are because everybody looks at these things a little bit differently. Everybody prioritizes certain metrics in a different way. From your perspective and your organization, are there any specific metrics that you're constantly that you're looking at that are kind of high priority for your organization? Well, it all starts with again going back to the concept of building the house from the ground up. Do we have the right staff in our macro plan to begin with, in our capacity plan? If we don't, we're going to have to make some trade-offs about, well, what are the higher priority areas, our non-negotiable goals? You know, some organizations, ours included, will have uh, performance guarantees to certain member types for service level, and that will help you identify what those non-negotiable goals are. And then you have to identify 
well, what are we going to give up, right? What are we going to deprioritize? Who's going to help to do that so you can develop those plays? Um, and then facilitate that that conversation. Yeah, yeah, that's that's excellent. And and you know, you you said uh, you know at the beginning that you you know you spent time within financial planning, within marketing, within HR. So you you obviously have a you know a pretty strong background as as kind of an analyst and and looking at metrics. So you know you're you're not only looking at things from a real time perspective, but you're also going back and looking at historical reporting uh, and, and and monitoring those types of things. So it's you know all these are obviously they're all moving parts. They all are things that that come together to to make you guys successful, right? Well, if I can just kind of walk through a scenario of the anatomy of our day in our workforce team from just coming in in the morning and doing a little review of what happened the night before, this all goes into our, our huddle of which our uh, supervisors and our workforce team participates in. And we used to do huddles every day and we've gotten to a point where we can press the content. Um, so we just have to do it three times uh, a week. But one of the key metrics that we look at is call-ins, right? So do we have enough players on the field for the start of the day? And then we can start to use our Calabrio tools that is going to tell us, well, how many people do we need? And as those call-ins get logged into the workforce system, ideally we'll be using the mobile app and um, the mobile site to have CSRs log those call-ins first. We're not there yet. Uh, But once those call-ins are in, now you know how many players you're on the field. And if you're like in hockey, you're in a man down position, uh, you got people in the penalty box. Now you know that you have to go to a zone uh, defense type of play. And once you know the resources you have, then you can start to analyze, well, what plays are you going to have? If we have X number of people short in this high priority uh, work queue, we're going to need to call in reinforcements from somewhere else. And then that's going to trigger that contingency play. So staffing levels determine that. Of course, looking at forecast variance throughout the course of the day. If call volume is high, we're going to need to call in backup support. If call volume is low for this team that's traditionally backup support, they could provide more backup to this understaffed team. And empower people to look for those things. I think that's an opportunity as leaders to help people connect those dots. Um, You know, the contact center industry oftentimes becomes a stepping stone for so many people and they're having an opportunity to develop those skills for the first time. And so we have to help those people, right, as as leaders to recognize those patterns these days. As much as we talk about um, AI and machine learning and workflow automation, you know, there, there's no replacement in my mind for the greatest computer ever built that sits in between these ears. Um, Your ears, my specifically. Ears. <laughs> right, right. Well, there's a lot of people at Calabrio, too, who, you know, they have sharper minds than mine. But, you know, as you develop these plays, you can seek some automation, but you got to test them out and pilot them first. Right. And then you could get with your technology team, your contact center engineering or routing networking team to say, hey, we're running this play every day. Can you code this into into the ACD for us? Right. To look for that, you know, because you need to keep 
some availability in teams, that's the buffer, the shock absorber. And that's another thing to look at is occupancy throughout the day, right? And so Calabrio really does a nice job with the reports that are built into it that you can rerun throughout the day, right? You can look at the real-time monitor and see people available, right? If you have a small work team that has 10 people in it, well, it's easy to see that you you know have 20, 30% available because it's just two people available, right? And help people understand what's that minimum shock absorber time that we need. Because right, as, as occupancy goes up, service level is going to go down, right? Once we get flooded, well, how are we going to put, you know, once the fire is burning, how are we going to put it out? If it's burning in all areas, there's no reinforcements to call up. And sometimes you just have to say that, right? And as the leader, keep everyone calm in a panic. Because if you keep performance chasing in, uh, you know, if you keep trying to put the fire out, you're, the domino effect has already happened, right? You're moving it from one area to a next. And sometimes you got to say, you know, we just have to let this pass and, and be that calming effect yeah. for the supervisors, for your team. Yeah. Because last thing we need is a panic going on. Absolutely. And it, you know, it, 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 Starts from, you know, the, the, the high level management, uh, you know, it goes down to the supervisors. And I think you, you touched on this as well. It even goes down to educating your agents, right. On, on what's important and kind of, I don't, I, you know, it's kind of cliched, but people talk a lot about the, you know, training your agents on the power of one and, and how much they impact it. Because again, our, our goal a lot of times is to help these people that are coming into the industry for the first time to learn, you know, why it's so important for them to adhere to their schedule and, you know, follow the processes that we have in place. So they're our our key resource, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's so many different philosophies about adherence, but what we like to say is we have a saying at priority health of be here now. And that's just like kind of, you know, Dress for success. Be here for your day. Um, if you're a Notre Dame football fan, because we've used the um, uh, the football analogy here today, it is it is the fall season here. But right on their locker room, they would have a sign that they would hit as they went out on the field that said, play like a champion today. And that, I kind of use that analogy with our CSRs when we do our workforce training. When you walk in that door, you put that helmet on. When you put those headphones on to talk to your customers, that is your suit of armor, right? You're suited up and you got to be here now. You got to be at your best because you're the voice of that of our organization. You're the calming voice when someone is making the hard choice of putting food on the table or paying their medical bills and making sure that, you know, they're not having to pay any more than is their, you know, responsibility. Um, And so we are that calming voice. And if we as leaders aren't exhibiting that calm, it's just going to transfer to the super, to the CSRs and cascade on down. Um, So that's something that can be hard for a leader too, but it's something that I've had to recognize. We all have to, um, tune ourselves and get feedback. Yep. Yeah. That's, I, I, I love the, I love the analogy and I, I love, again, particularly in the, you know, 
frankly, very challenging uh, world that you live in uh, on the medical side because people are oftentimes for, forced to make these kind of difficult choices and, and you know, kind of bringing it back to something you talked about a little bit earlier, AI, machine learning tools. I mean, these are tools that are only going to get better over time, but there is never going to be a time that a machine a machine is going to be able to handle that those kind of delicate conversations with people and really be a true trusted advisor to your client bases. Cust, uh, customer service reps are always going to be critically important to that. And it's only going to be more important for them to, again, I, I love the saying, be here now, you know, be that champion uh, for your clients. So, uh, yeah, that's excellent. Excellent. And I, I, I really appreciate you kind of diving into some of the specifics there. I think that's going to be really valuable for people on the specific metrics that, that you, you guys are looking at and, you know, the, the challenges that, that you guys face. Um, and on top of that, you, you've also, you were talking about the fact that you're, you've transitioned to, you know, a new platform, uh, fairly recently. So, you know, there's a lot of things going on in, in your world, um, and getting everybody to be on board and, and following those processes uh you know it's 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 it sounds like you're doing a great job and uh we try it's you know and it's it's an ongoing conversation and sometimes you got to be willing to step back and uh fail fast learn find someone who's willing to be that guinea pig to pilot start small and and just build and you know build those uh internal raving fans that can be your champions and you know help you with the message and show that it can work and right? Manage the risks with a small experiment. And I love that about operations is every day's an experiment, <laughs> you know, did the forecast work, you know, are we having to adapt and learn from it? It's the continuous improvement process and, uh, intraday management can be a lot like that, right? You know, we have these little things to tweak and we have to train people to look at the right things and also to filter out the noise too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, 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 you, you had another, uh, another key, key phrase here that I strongly believe in. And I think it boils down to, you've got to have a company culture that allows for this, um, allows for your people. It gives them the freedom to experiment, right? And not be afraid to fail. This is something I'm, I'm big on with my team is don't be afraid to fail, but if you're going to fail, fail fast, uh, you know, get in, learn what you need to learn, uh, take the lessons and apply them to the next thing. But if, if what you're doing today isn't working, let's adapt, let's change and let's make it better for tomorrow. Right. And, and a part of that is being really pers um, being very per uh, purposeful in your intent of what your experiment is and know when you have identified failure. So be very uh, purposeful in what you're trying to attempt to do, what you think your outcome is going to be and get all your stakeholders on board. So, right, it's not magical if we win and it's not what are you doing if you lost because you already called out those risks ahead of time and you had everyone on board. And if you don't tell people what you're experimenting on and what you think is going to happen, people either think you're lucky or they're going to start pointing the finger. Right. Yep. But again, building those stakeholders up front with purposeful intent just helps confidence. And when your plan goes right, you're going to look like a rock star. And when it doesn't go so right, you're going to have a safety net. 
Well, great. It's it's amazing. We've already been talking for for almost a half an hour. So I don't want to take up too much of your time. I, I think we've got we've got lunch coming up. So, um, you know, with that, again, I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me, uh, taking the time to prepare for these presentations. Believe me, I know how much work goes into those and how much time and effort uh, it takes to uh, to put these presentations together. So really appreciate that. Um, again, like all of our like all of our uh, podcasts, I always like to end on a, on a joke, a riddle, a brain teaser. Um, we, I, I hear you've got one for me. So you want to hit, hit us with a joke today? All right. So hopefully this is appropriate for the fall and the Halloween season here. So uh, Brad, knock, knock. Uh, who's there? Boo. Boo who? Brad, I didn't mean to make you cry. Well, come on. Yeah, that's uh, it's an oldie, but a goodie, a, a groan inducer. I love those. Those are my absolute favorite jokes in the world. Uh, Jim, uh, thank you so much for being here. Enjoy the rest of the conference, and uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon. Thank you.